Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. Before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision and her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Pushkin. It's been 50 years since Black Sabbath released Iron Man but its guitar riffs are still some of the hardest and darkest in rock history. While Black Sabbath is often given credit for creating heavy metal, none of its members had the success or longevity of their original frontman, Ozzy Osbourne. In the 80s, Ozzy successfully turned his Prince of Darkness alter ego into a decades-long career. With help from his manager and wife, Sharon Osbourne, Ozzy's released 11 solo albums, with seven of them going multi-platinum. They also created OzFest, a touring metal festival that became a mecca for metal fans everywhere, myself included. And of course, they had their pop culture crossover moment with their reality show, The Osbournes on MTV. Ozzy and Rick Rubin first met when Rick had just moved to L.A., and the two became fast friends. Their friendship eventually turned into Rick producing the last Black Sabbath record, the reunion album from 2013. Ozzy's mostly kept a low profile since then. But at 71, he's back to making music. He has a new album called Ordinary Man. It's his first solo album in a decade. Rick, Ozzy, and Sharon sat on the bus at Shangri-La to talk about the record and how a gift from his father turned an ordinary boy from Birmingham, England into the Prince of Darkness. This is Broken Record, liner notes for the digital age. I'm Justin Richmond. Here's Ozzy and Sharon Osbourne in conversation with Rick Rubin. They start things off talking about the track Ozzy did with Post Malone and Travis Scott, Take What You Want. Did you hear the track Ozzy did with Post? Mm-mm. Oh, you've got to hear that. Yeah. And Travis Scott. 
Hospital Island's a big shot now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. When Andrew comes, he says, I did this song with Hospital Island. I said, what the fuck was that? Oh, that's so funny, no? He's great, though. He's doing great. Yeah, yeah. I was stunned that it's just him on stage. Yeah. It's not a band. A band, no nothing, just yeah. him. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me your first memories of any performance. Anytime you, what was the first time you remember being on stage doing uh, music? I was in a band called The Prospectors because the singer was, it was sick. I'd never done a gig. We did a, a gig at Birmingham fire station there's three three firemen and a drunk in the audience <laughs> I you'd think I was going to be shot I was so nervous to go on stage yeah that was the first gig I think I ever did well, did then you I do cover in, songs or oh yeah, yeah. like blues uh, like stones yeah uh, them um, yeah. you know and it was um, back man, I mean the whole game has changed now when we were there's nowhere to play on it much anymore. I mean, we used to go to, we used to have, have when we were Sabbath, we, we'd mess around with different names. It was like a polka top blues band, <laughs> uh, Earth, and then it, we wrote the song Black Sabbath, and then Jesus, why don't we call the band? And that was it then. How did the band come together? Well, I was, I was in a band we called the Rare Ruby Geezer. I never did a gig with them. But the only reason I got gigs, I had a PA. And so Geezer and I said, I said to Geezer, I'm, I want to get out, so do I. And shortly around that time, Geezer and Bill had a band called Mythology, and they'd been busted for smoking dope. <laughs> and they had to break up because it was like the curse. <laughs> so I used to go to Sam school as Tony, and we didn't get on at school. It was like high school? Yeah. Mm. And... um. One thing that's when we started, we originally had a saxophone player and a bottle of guitar player. Like the, because it was like the Fleetwood Mac, they were they were around, but the original Fleetwood Mac, yes, the blues, nothing the blues to what they Mac. are now, yeah. what they ended up being. Yeah. I used to go and see them. We'd go and see John Miles Blues Breakers, and there was a club in Birmingham called oh, I forgot the name of this club now, but we used to go in. We used to see them. Uh, all these different bands, you know. I, mean, I saw Candide there once. I was like, an American band in Birmingham. I was kind of freaked out. How many, how many people would be in a club like that then? Not a great, just 700,000 at the most. Yeah. Then you there was a club, a few clubs in Birmingham. We used to go with our van full of equipment just in case the band never made it. And we'd go, anybody, we'd go and play for <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'll be standing for bands like 10 years after Jethro Tull and a few other bands. Amazing. And then we played with Jethro Tull and Tony got off at the gig and then oh, I remember thinking, oh, no, it's gone now. Because Tony was somewhere else for me. I mean, he still is. Yeah. I mean, there's Remarkable. nobody on the face no. of the earth that can come up with them riffs like the king, The king of the riffs. Oh, he's great. And then, you know, it was just... It's kind of we all. Did, did he ever play with Jethro Tull or no? I, I think he did a couple of TV things. He did the rock and roll, the Rolling Stones rock and roll circus. Yes, which was a televised yes. thing. And then he did a couple of things. He didn't, we weren't with him too long, and he came back and he said, "If we get our stuff together, I think we can do it." I was like, 
fucking hell. So He's left cool. Jethro to, to come back to us. And, I, and that was a big jump that was. But Tony's one of these guys. He hates being told what to do. Mm. He'll do he'll fucking punch one in the nose if you you know. <laughs> I mean I've seen him do it, you know. He's some <laughs> He hates being so they told him he have to wear hats and so and he just went up for me. And but he's he was uh but it was all everything was new. I mean we'd get in the van, we played the Star Club Hamburg for like residency. But we had nothing to lose. It was exciting. Did, did people like the band right away? Or no, were... no, no. We 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 do like uh, at the Star Club. We'd, it was a good training ground because you do forty five minutes on, and then another band would you'd go different every forty five back and forth. Yeah. So we do one set we blues songs, yeah. then Bill would do a drum solo for the one set. Tony would do a guitar solo for one. Set. I'd fuck around doing all this stuff and climbing ladders, painting my face and just generally pissing about, you know. But it was a good experience. It was better than being in Birmingham, yeah. unemployed. You know, but, and so we just like lived from hand to mouth and it was fun. Any band that I've ever been in, the earliest stages of the band have been the most fun because everybody's in the same boat. But that... We, the, 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 I, remember, I remember Jim Simpson, the original manager, saying, on the way down to the ferries today, ferry, we just tap off of the recordings to your region sound and record them songs you've been doing. So we just got there, set up, recording, went on our way. Two days, like two six-hour sessions, 12 hours. So just like the live set, basically. It was a live set without the audience. We couldn't even plan them live. So I remember coming back from... Europe for Christmas, and then um, the manager says, Come over, I got the artwork to show you. I mean, back then, to have a gatefold album sleeve was like the big thing. And when we saw that first album sleeve, we were like, Fucking hell, what is this? We've arrived just having the album. Yeah, it was so cool. And then the album came out, and we heard the album with the because when we recorded it, we never had the effects like the thunder, the weird voice effects, and whatever. And it was just amazing. And then I'm in a club. And uh, I'm, 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 my, my first advance was £105. I thought, I never thought I'd see that much money. <laughs> so I'm in a club and this guy comes to me and he goes, Ozzy, he says, I've got some good news to tell you. I said, what's that? He says, your album enters the British charts next week. It's almost 17 or something. Oh, you're winding me up. You're joking. And it remained there for like 18 months. I mean, it was going up and down the charts. By which time we had power and went straight at number one. I'm like, what the fuck? Because you must know this yourself. You don't, you, you, you when have no you idea. Do, when you're doing something, you yeah. like it. Yeah. But when somebody goes, oh, fuck it, that's, a, that's all you need. Yeah. But when somebody comes and says, your album's in the charts and, and everything's going one way, and it was just. It doesn't make sense. It's like you it's don't like, believe it. You don't believe it. Surreal, it's, yeah. It's like. You can't accept it, you know. It's like, <laughs> why? Well, I didn't complain. We, things started to look up, and Sharon's father, one of the managers, then somebody else that worked for him, got us. And it was just, everything was up and up. And we got ripped off royally hmm. by management, I mean, badly. Do you remember I mean. the first time you did a show where people really liked oh, it? Oh, yeah. What I was mean, the first time they liked it? Like, like. We, we did a, a Jump Hill radio show. Oh, we hadn't even written, recorded the album or written the songs by that point. 
and people started when the album got in the charts. It was like we used to play like these underground clubs. Underground then was was underground. It was really underground. <laughs> but it was good. Yeah. Because word of mouth. Yes. Soul Black Sabbath in the first one. We said, fuck TV. Yeah. Fuck doing this. We were, we, we were a people's band kind of thing. And back in England then, it was like doing Top of the Pops was a bad thing. But we all did it all eventually. And uh, it was just a mate. The first, sometimes you could Sabbath bloody Sabbath. Then the drugs, the alcohol, the wives, the divorces, and all the trappings, you know. We found out the man who was ripping ourselves. We tried to manage ourselves. We get a fucking clue. And the booze started to get heavy. I started to drink more, and Bill started to drink more. And, and, and me and Bill and Tony and Goose, and we just got ugly. No, it didn't get ugly. It got, there was no fight. We, we, it was a band that we believed in what we were doing at first. And then we got royally taken to the cleaners, and we just thought, what's the point? And, I, and when they fired me, I thought, oh, Sharon's father was managing us yet again. <laughs> and I, I thought, they said, we don't want you to be, we get fucked up all the time. And I've got to be honest, at that point, I just said, oh, I'm done. And it thought, sounds like it was already bad at that time anyway. It was, was... I mean, we ended up making music to pay our lawyer's fees. Yeah. And we all said to each other many times, well, what? Hey, we needed someone like Sharon or Sharon's father or somebody to come and say, hey, you need to dry yourself though, get your shit together and write something to tell us what, we, what was wrong because our egos were running the show in under the influence of drugs and alcohol. I, I just went to, I went in, I had a, they, Sharon's office got me a, 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 an apartment in West Norwich, La Park, uh, Hotel. I thought I'd have fucking last spling any money how, I got. How old were you at that time? I was about how old? 28, 30. 30, yeah. Mm. I thought I'd have the last binge. So Sharon comes up my window and she goes, Listen, she goes, if you get yourself together, we want to manage you. Because I was thought, I thought no one wanted to manage me. I was just a singer. Yeah. Then I met Randy, and then, then another thing happened. Amazing. Oh, oh. How do you meet Randy? A guy called Dynastrom from Slaughter. Remember that band? Yeah. Dynastrom was my original choice for a band. Sharon got me auditioning people. I'd never auditioned anybody in my life. I'd go, no, I don't like him, Sharon. She goes, well, tell him. I go, no, you tell him. <laughs> Give my points for you. I could hit a woman. <laughs> so um, Dynastrom, he got me all these guitar players. I was out to lunch all the time. I'm in my apartment. Right? So I'm going to I'm going to bring this one kid around. You got he's great. So I'm oh, I'm three sheets to the wind. I'm, I'm in my apartment, <laughs> and he comes in with this little guy, who must have weighed 105 pounds wet. <laughs> I mean, he was like like a woman. You know? I said, "Fuck! It. Oh, you got to be joking!" He said, "Just hear me out. He's going to come out down to my studio. Studio. I'm working. Hear him play." Yeah. I go out to the studio. I'm thinking I'm hallucinating. This kid comes in with his little amp and blew my lights out. Wow. I mean, he was. And you knew right away. I mean, this kid was like. This kid was like someone else. Yeah. I was like, even in the fucked up state, so I was like, do you want a gig? <laughs> I mean, it was unbelievable. And then he came to England and I was still married to my ex and he just stayed with me, for, lived with me for a while. And, 
we wrote uh, Goodbye to Romans, the first time we ever wrote. Incredible. I mean, but then he was like, he was like this. He wasn't like, he didn't get paid. He wasn't a party. I mean, he was a true musician in the respect yes. that he wrote music, he taught music, and he would give the opening bands lessons on fucking finger tapping and what. But it was, yeah, there again, it was the early time. Then we got successful and the fucking lawsuit started. You know, greed. But, you know, it's the, for some reason, I've been out of Sabbath now 40 years, but it seems like <laughs> the time that I was with him seems longer than I've been out. I don't know why that is. Yeah. It's just, so, it, it's such a, defi- it, it's such a defining band. But we don't, but when you're in it. Yes. You, know, you, you, know, you, you love the adulation, you love the success. Yes. But you just go, because you did it. Yeah. You don't, you don't understand. What I tell you what I'll never forget about working with you in that studio. Yes. You do this every time I'd sing, you go, Ozzy, I'd have to like nine times, you go, Ozzy, that was great. Just give me one more. <laughs> <laughs> I go, how can it be fucking <laughs> in that fucking box? Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. I'm it turned out good. Time. We made a good album. Oh, it was great. Number, I love it. I it love it. Great number one. <laughs> That was our first num- number one, Incredible. both solo and big summer, ever Incredible. in America. Amazing. It was like number one in 13 countries. Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, so cool. the album was called 13, number yeah. one in 13 countries. How about that? Amazing. And you know, the first time, I remember the first time we talked about Making the Black Sabbath yes, reunion. it was about n- 1982 or something. So it was a very long time ago. In that place in, in but on um, sunset. Yes, with my you old and that house. other guy, and we were sat in your your. Yes, I remember we sat in that room, and all the members were there. Yeah, yeah. And we talked about doing it then. And now then, me and you had spoken that before. Before that, separately. Yes, yes, yes. And I remember. I don't know if you remember this, but for me, I, this was a big deal in my life. You came to my house one night before before that house, my first house in L.A. You came late one night yes. after the rainbow. Yes, and. We listened to Black Sabbath music until the sun came up, and you <laughs> performed a whole Black Sabbath performance for me in my living room, and it was one of the greatest experiences of my life because I never got to see Black Sabbath. Because you know, it like it was like. It was like it up. I, I, I remember you going, "Listen, <laughs> you gotta make me a promise." <laughs> If you ever get back with us, I said, no, no, I said, no, but listen, now, if you ever get back with the boys, please let me produce an album. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you'd pop up at different places. I like that song. I remember being in the studio doing, I don't, I don't know what we were doing, but you came in, you went, oh, the extra tracks on the live album. You go, I like that. That one sucks. And walked out. <laughs> I mean, and then, I I was the, I kept going to brick rooms. He really wants to do an album. But yeah, it was fun doing that. It was fun. It was fun work that. And it's funny that we talked about it like fifteen or twenty years before, and then finally it came to fruition. Do you know, I was, I was talking to Andrew the other day. My, this guy was just on, yeah. Andrew. What? I said, you know something. I, I I'm a believer in this. The amount of people on this planet, and in a one lifetime, you'll only meet a certain amount. And 
things are meant to happen the way it's meant. Absolutely. It, 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 I'm a believer, I'm a Me strong too. believer. Me too. I mean, when, when, I, when I was married to another woman, yes. I'd see Sharon and I'd go, I was always attracted to her. And it's amazing the way things turn out at the yeah. end of the meant day. Meant to be. Meant to be. And you guys are in incredible together. Well, nobody else could put up with me. <laughs> I know, but uh, it's just incredible. I look over, the, look down that road, and the things that's happened. I just, I can't believe it. Sometimes seventy-one, and I'm so I just made another album. Amazing, so cool. The album's really good. It's amazing when it just comes together like that, isn't I mean, it? In a, in a month, I've done it. It's so great. We'll be back with more from Sharon and Ozzy after the break. As listeners to this show, you probably consider yourself pretty smart. But how smart is your wallet? When you're looking to upgrade your wallet, it's time to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds has the financial smarts to help you find the right financial products for you. Before NerdWallet, you might have paid for vacations with whatever was in your wallet. But you could have been missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. Now you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Willie Nelson. Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer helped shape the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed The Boar's Nest, Sue's Place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, would spur each other on to tap into something bigger, realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Bacharach as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the Boar's Nest. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, 
their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Varian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. Here's Ozzy and Rick listening to Straight to Hell, the first single off Ozzy's new album. That's great. Your, your voice is ever eternal. It's like, <laughs> it's unbelievable how much you sound like you all the time and how good it is. It's amazing. So exciting to hear. Ordinary man, Elton's yeah. on this song. Let's hear. How did that song come about? It just came out. The first song we ever wrote. It's so good. It's really good. You know, I've been saying to something recently. Most of the best stuff I've ever done yeah. has came out of nowhere. Yeah, amazing. You sit there for weeks and weeks. You think you've got it, and all of a sudden something happens. I remember you telling me stories about the way Sabbath would write, where you would just jam and record I mean, what, the jams. What, 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 what Sabbath would do was just jam, and we'd pick riffs out and just link them together. And I'd say, stick a vocal on that. It was, like, it was a good education because... Uh, a lot of kids never, never heard of Don I said, jam, you know. Well, maybe it was a lot of fun, you know. Absolutely. Isn't it fun to make music? It's the best thing in the world. I don't, I don't know anything else. We've been doing, doing it 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're so lucky we get to do this. Oh, I mean. It's unbelievable. I mean, I, I don't know where it came from, you know, but it's just, I ain't complaining. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I hear also, I hear like some of the Beatle influence yeah, on the yeah. writing and the, the string parts. So cool. And it's you sound, and you sound the same, which is what's so incredible. It's like you sound so remarkably like you every time and oh. strong and fresh. And all of the, there's so much energy in your voice. It's unbelievable. Well, I just do, you I, just do it. I mean, there's no, no, nobody else in my family has ever been involved in music in any way. I've uh, come from five other siblings, two have died, but nobody's uh, got any musical. Jack, my son goes to me, he says, says, I like the Beatles, but I don't see what you go on about. And okay, it's like this, imagine this, going to bed today in black and white and waking up in colour, that's what it was like. Yeah. And he goes, what? I still don't understand. I said, we in England were just, it was like 1960 whatever, early. And the war had ended 15 years ago, which ain't that long. Mm. And all of a sudden this band comes out, which swamped the play. Like, the last thing we had that much mass hysteria was Adolf Hitler in Germany. In Germany, they were like fucking huge. Do you remember the first time you heard them? Yeah, exactly. Tell me. I got a... Transit um, uh, transistor radio. Yes, and it was like then it was. Then they progressed to ghetto buses. Like yes, right. yes. I'm walking down posing in this thing. I'm about <laughs> fucking thirteen, and I'm leaning on the lamp and all this leaning on the lamppost and mm-hmm. fucking all these pub songs and what would be on the radio. Suddenly, she loves you comes on. I stopped and it was like I was awakened. Wow. It was like. Holy shit, I want Paul McCartney to marry my sister. <laughs> I mean, it was just fantastic for me. And it was, I loved them. 
I absolutely, my wedding, by a, a wall in my bedroom was covered in anything with the name on. And anytime and anything they put out, you would be, oh, you would get fucking, it immediately. Oh, and I, 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 I'd work delivering food, coal and whatever. Yes. And buy a Beatle record. I mean, it was fucking amazing. Which people go, but, you know, you do that to some people. No, I go, but the Beatles for me were it. Other than the Beatles, were there other, who were the other things that really just lit you up musically? Uh, the, King, the Kings, you yeah. really got me. Right. Or, uh, Manfred Mann. Yeah. Uh, the Stones were Led Zeppelin. Yeah. I mean, when we, when we, when I first heard them first two Zeppelin albums, it was unbelievable. Like really were, you, were you already a band yet or not? Yes. But we were about a hair's breadth behind them. That, I mean, when I heard that first Zeppelin album, yeah, one and two, yeah, I just. But after that, I kind of lost it with them. We were doing our own thing. I used to go drinking with Bonham a lot. Good guy. I never got to it's meet like him. It's like me. Every drunk. <laughs> Great when they're sober. When he's drunk, he's an asshole. You know, it's juice. I've been around you drunk. You you were never an asshole. Oh. Oh. Not to not to me. I never no, I no, never no. saw I've seen you bad, but I've never no, seen no, no, you no. unpleasant to be around. I had my moments. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I I've had two wives. <laughs> no, but it's it's I mean, I don't I, I a, don't know a job, another job. The more fucked up you turn up to a gig, I go, it's gonna be crazy. <laughs> That's gonna be a good night. Is, which I remember there was a story where one of you tried to kill the other. Which which was it? Oh, <laughs> that one. He tried to kill you. Yeah. Okay. How ser- How serious was it? <laughs> I, I don't know. That's cool. He had a he had a blackout. Ozzy had uh, a blackout, uh, and and it was really really serious. But I knew something was happening because he'd been out of it for like a week. Yeah. So it was a week of like experimenting with pills and alcohol, and yeah. he was just like on a roll. Yeah. And I, you could feel it building. You knew something was going to happen, and yeah. yeah, it happened. But then, <laughs> then he was good. Had to go into treatment for six months. He was good. Yeah. And then so he, I came out, got drunk again. <laughs> but you know that you know you know they go ah, oh, I tried rehab, but it didn't work. You get it when you get it. If you but you, if and if you don't get it, you don't get it. Yeah. I don't. To be honest with you. I have a problem walking without alcohol now. I'm with it. <laughs> but I mean, I, you know, if I if I was okay with it, I'd be still drinking. Yeah. But I got so fed up of feeling like crap without it, you know. Yeah. And then I just, I, I, I must have been in six or seven at rehabs, you know, three or four, I don't know, a few rehabs. About 15. And then I just stopped. Great. I'm just about nearly seven years now. Amazing. Congratulations. Well, our son, he's what, how I many? 16 years? 17 years. Wow. He got sober at 17. Wow. Can you believe that? It's amazing. amazing. It really is. Yeah. He, he, uh, he's uh, a one great thing kid. about him, I'll never, f- I'll never forget what he said to me. Uh, uh, we, had, we had a run. I said to him one day, it's a long time ago now. I said, what the fuck are you always complaining about? You've never wanted for a damn thing. Oh, what about her dad? That was a good fucking 
I, I, and I just said, fuck. I said, Jack, I'm so sorry. Because yeah. it's undeniable. Yeah. I was there, but not there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what alcohol and drugs is. Because yeah. you think physically you're there, but you're not there. Yeah. You might as well be back on the fucking road, you know. Mm. We'll be back with more from Ozzy Osbourne after the break. As listeners to this show, you probably consider yourself pretty smart. But how smart is your wallet? When you're looking to upgrade your wallet, it's time to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds has the financial smarts to help you find the right financial products for you. Before NerdWallet, you might have paid for vacations with whatever was in your wallet. But you could have been missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. Now you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Willie Nelson. Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer helped shape the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed The Boar's Nest, Sue's Place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, would spur each other on to tap into something bigger, realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Bacharach as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the Boar's Nest. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Varian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. We're back with more from Ozzy Osbourne. Any of the metal bands that you liked? Um, not really. Okay. Any any bands that came in the wake? Oh, I didn't mind Van Halen. They were good. I mean, that last Black Sabbath tour we did was really, we had been 
fighting each other, fighting the world. And they were going down so well. And I'd go, let's fucking get up there. It was kind of like we, we needed a break you from liked, each other. You loved ACDC. ACDC, oh, well, great. Yeah. For me too for me too, it's the Beatles and A C D C are like Yeah. I mean Bon Scott was a great singer. Great. Great. He I mean uh, Brian's all right, but I, I prefer Brian. Yeah. The highway to hell. The the rhythm section, the way those oh, guys play. Well, I, mean, well, I mean they opened up for Black Sabbath in nineteen seventy one, I think. In, wow. In Sydney, Australia. Wow. They were great. Then. Did you uh, know Angus, right, first time you saw him, you were like, you knew it was special? Oh, I mean, Angus was, to be honest, I thought it's a bit of a gimmick with a satchel and a short pants. Yeah. But they, when but they the plane, toured, yeah, the, the when they fucking, I mean, he's a guy, he didn't do all this, all behind the neck and all this fucking, he played meat and potatoes. Yeah. That's what I like about it. I mean, there ain't no one to touch Angus Young yeah. for that groove. Yeah. Down you know, yeah. and you can bang your head all day and night, not get fed up. It's true. I mean, they work their asses off. But too, that you said about their rhythm section was brilliant. Yeah, you just never what? heard any. It's so the rhythm the was rhythm, so the rhythm strong. section. It was, it was always so danceable. Yeah, even in its. Do you know, I always used to say, I always used to say, to say, why don't we try and do a fucking danceable kind of because. Yeah, we missed the riff, man. He could fucking come if he wanted to. But uh, they, Sabbath would try and fuck things up. <laughs> what we would do if we sending sound remotely commercial, we'd throw a spanner in the work. Yeah. <laughs> all these fucking weird shit. The weird changes and the. That wasn't my copy. So, I mean, yeah. And when they got Gerald Woodruff on keyboard, I was like, fuck this. <laughs> Me and Bill used to travel together on a GMC. Mobile home, which was looking back, we had such a fucking blood. It was, it was like a fucking. He'd <laughs> get up every morning, he'd have a coffee, glass of milk, a glass of orange juice, and a beer every oh. morning. All together. Yeah, so I'd go, <laughs> Bill, oh, excuse me for asking you this. What's the deal? All this, what's the red every morning? He goes, Well, the coffee wakes me up, the orange juice gives me a healthy, the milk puts a lining on my stomach, and the beer puts me back to sleep. <laughs> he had it all worked out. So, you and you rode on the bus with Bill, and, and he was your, your travel partner, yeah, yeah. And then, would Geezer and Tony team up? No, they would be flying everywhere. Mm. You preferred Bill, the bus. <laughs> Bill and I were like close, and when the, when the actual end came, they got him to fire me. Wow! Why bother? Were you were you surprised when they fired you? No, I, you know what? To be perfectly truthful with you, I'd lost it. Yeah, I just I was just. I mean, I just go. Why do you have to fly halfway around the world to do nothing? Yeah, isn't it? I, I mean, I should say, so, I, I, at one point I was going, well, Queen did this, this one did that. We should do that. And I said, and I said one day, don't you think we got a problem if the bands that we once influenced are now influencing us? Can we look at the way? And I wasn't any better than them. Oh, they weren't any better. I mean, it was just, we're like, 
we, we, we needed rescuing, but we didn't yeah. trust anybody. I didn't yeah. want to do it anymore with them. I was bored with the concerts. I was bored with the recording. Yeah. I was being poor, bored with that. I didn't, wasn't into it. Yeah. And I was, and I, but the, the problem is, where do I go? Yeah. I thought, like, you've, you, you've had a life from where you come from. It's been up, you fly everywhere. You yeah. stay in great hotels. Yes. And, and you, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, if I've jumped, I'm done. Yeah. I'm never going to do it again. Yeah. And when Shannon came around and said, do you want to manage me? I was like, why does anybody want to manage me? I'm fucking. And then, it, lo and behold, it happened again. Amazing. And then, because boom, I'm a, when I was on my, doing my solo thing. Yes. And we, we, we I had uh, uh, After Randy? Metallica, Metallica oh, yeah. was opening for me. I'd come back and just remember, you know, I said, are they taking the piss out of me? Joking with me. And I go, why? And every time I come past Eric and I start playing Black Sabbath music, I go, no, they think you're Black Sabbath are their heroes. Yeah. I didn't re I didn't think. I, I, people would come and start talking to me about Sabbath all the time. And I'd go, you like that? <laughs> and I got paranoid Iron Man Warpig. Yeah. And then he took on his own thing, you know. Yeah. It got bigger than we did. Yes. Yeah. You know, it kind of like, it's, that's, that's, that's kind of fair statement. The the myth of Black Sabbath. Yes. But we didn't really, I mean, Geezer's a great, great lyricist. Amazing. He writes. And a great bass player. Oh, for Fantastic. Fuck. Nobody to touch him. He's yeah. fucking brilliant. Fantastic. I mean, the band, Bill in, Bill in his day was a great drummer. Yes. Tony, he's always going to be the yes. greatest. No one to touch him. And I, to this day, I still don't understand how he plays guitar because he's got no fingertips. Yeah. He plays with plastic fingers. Yes. I don't know. I've said to him time and time again, how do you know when you're hitting the string? When you when you met him, had he already lost his yeah. fingers? It was scored. How old was he? How old was he when he? I think he couldn't even much more than 16, 17. Uh, uh. And the doctor said, forget playing guitar, you'll never play again. Wow. And he's Proved to wrong. <laughs> I mean, he did not only play it again, he fucking become one of the world fucking best. Absolutely. I mean, there's a man who, uh, you know, when he got diagnosed with cancer, he went, right, what have I got to do? And he'll deal with it. He'll, that's what he's, that's him. Yeah. You can, I mean, I'm going, oh, I'm going to die. <laughs> and he's like, right, what do I have to do? Yeah. He's like that. He's always been like that. Yeah. Very calm. He'd go, he's usually like, don't panic, you know. He was the band, really, and we were all part of the band. But he was the most irreplaceable one. I don't know. Hard to say. Hard to say. I feel like it's the four, the four together is it's what makes like the Beatles, it. Isn't it. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's like you it, can replace. You can't replace Ringo. No, you can't replace no, any of them. You can't replace any of them. But you don't know that because you, you always think, oh, I can't play an instrument. Yeah. I'm as good as but you. But it's often the. It's not who's best. It's the combination together that makes. It's like, it's like, if, you you're, don't know it's like that if you're cooking something, it's not recipe. more garlic is better. It's it's the recipe. Yes, right. But it's like, you you, but you, you know, you always think it's you that was cold in the band back. Because <laughs> I'm playing this, but people will say to me, why did you always sing on the side of the stage? I don't fucking know. It's just I don't know. It's just, just fear. Because Tony, 
He's one of the few people yeah. that could walk into this room right now. Yeah. And I would fucking feel like intimidated. Wow. He intimidates the fuck out of me. Wow. And he knows it. Wow. But when on the album that we made last, I didn't get the feeling that there was any no, but heavy you know, feelings. You know, I got the impression, I don't know, what, I've never known this, but mm. he had his friend with him. I, I, I don't know what the deal was with him, why he bought him. Remember that guy he bought out with him? can't remember. He was the guy who does his own work at home. I, I don't know. I mean, oh, he's an engineer, maybe? A producer, engineer. Yeah. Because he's one, he, he wants to fill every hole. Yeah. And that's what, that's what happens, you know. So when we first did the first album, we did it on two four-track machines. Yeah. Bounced over. Then we had eight-track. Then we had 16-track. Then we had 32 and so on. Yeah. But on, on that first album and half a paranoid, sometimes it was only done like four-track. We didn't even dub double everything. We on the first album, Bill's drums were in mono. Mm-hmm. And Geezer only just started playing bass not long ago. You know, he used to play rhythm in me in, in the rare breed. But he just, he just wanted to play with He's a great player, great lyricist. And he was just, you know, I suppose in, in fair to say that the chemistry and the recipe was a good recipe. Absolutely. And the tone of your voice next to the, next to the guitar, next to Tony's guitar, that combination, I don't, I it's don't just amazing. Know. It just happened. It's like, it's a miracle. I mean, I remember when we did uh, Volume 4. Which was originally going to be called Snowblind. Oh. But the record, well, Warner Brothers said it's too drug oriented. Oh. So now you get fucking, they gladly call it. <laughs> I don't know how we used to do it. It's just, mm. I've tried writing that formula with other bands. Yeah. It doesn't work. No, it's, a, it, it's unique to that particular group of people. And it, when, as soon as you guys came here and started playing, it's so unremarkable. It's like remarkable how much it always sounds like Black Sabbath when you guys oh, are together. I mean, it's like you can't not sound like you could play a cover of someone else and it would still just sound like a Black Sabbath song, an original. Yeah, yeah. But the only sad thing about that album I did with you was Bill was wasn't uh, playing. We'd have been still doing the fucking album now. I mean, because. It's funny because he almost was. I remember we rehearsed yeah, but, with him uh, uh, and he uh, was excited and then he sort of backed uh, uh, away. I mean, from the rip-off days, he takes so much time over everything. And you, and Tony said to me one day, he says, you know, Bill's trouble. He still thinks everybody's going to rip him off, which I get. I mean, Sharon's my fucking, but I ain't no better than Bill or any of them. I'm, I'm lucky to have a wife that I, who's, on my side. Yes. Because these fuckers, man, they'll come in, they'll give you all this bullshit, get, dr- drive you around in a fucking flash car, show you a bit of money, and then, they dr- and then you can sue them and it takes you a fucking lifetime to win. Yeah. The lawyers win. Yeah. You might, you, you've lost your, your start and then you're fucked. And that's what they got. Sharon Father was a renowned fucking rebuffer. <laughs> But, you know, it's like, I love my wife now. I mean, I've done some stupid things since I've been with my Sharon. But sometimes you go, she must love me. Yeah. And I must be lucky to have someone that does love me. Yes. Yeah. Well, he got stung for a lot of cash. 
But then again, I said to Bill Ward one day on the phone a lot while ago now, I said, you know what? You know, in a way, for me, as far as I was concerned, it was a blessing that I never got all that cash up front because I, with what cash I had, um, with what cash I had, I'd done a good job of nearly killing myself. Yeah. And you did, Bill. Yes. I went, yeah, you're right. We, I wouldn't be sitting there, and that's for sure. Yeah. If I had got all the millions and all up front, we would have been fucking dead. Yeah. Yeah, it's all. Because money at the, I mean, you get kids from uh, fuck all one day yeah. and give them a million dollars. Fuck out. Don't know what to do. Have you ever gone back to where you were one day and you go, what the fuck was I thinking? Yeah. All the time. It's like anytime I, anytime I happen to tap back in or see an old picture or something and I try to remember what that was like, it's like a different life. I know. It's like, what, how did I get there and from there? Okay, I mean, I, I was married. I had two children. I was done. I, I, you know, I got a house, mm -hmm. a car, mm -hmm. holidays, summer, a bit of cat, mm -hmm. drink when I wanted to. Bit of dope when I wanted to. So I thought that was it. Yeah. And then I thought, well, I mean, now look, I mean, life's an amazing journey. You never know what's going to come up, you know. No. I mean, this take this last year. Yes. I got up to go to the bathroom, fell on my face, and I'm I'm virtually crippled. So sleep gets better. Wow. And it's a probably I, I I snapped my well did something to my spine. But then again. I've fallen downstairs, I've fallen out of windows, I've fucking <laughs> this and that. And it's something stupid, like I'm for a piss and falling on your face in the middle of the night. Yeah. That's typical, though, isn't it? Yeah. Sod's law. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'll tell you what, one, one, somebody once said to me, Ozzy, what was the best gift you ever had? And I'm thinking, Sharon bought me a watch. I was trying to think. And then it fucking hit me. Had my father not bought me a microphone, I wouldn't be here. Wow. My father bought me a PA. Yes. Went into debt for it and and bought me a microphone. And that's got me gigs. Yes. Remarkable. I mean, and I, and I never repaid him because I was so fucking ego out and I'm the king of the world for fucking 10 years. Mm. Then he passed away and my mom did it. So what I did, I... I well, I'll give my siblings bits of money here and there. But it does seem like it's it's meant to be. Like, I mean, I, I think my old, my poor old dad went to work, come rain, come shine, at nights for fucking as long as I can remember, and I, I never fucking crossed his palm at the end. Of it. I mean, he was still working; he was fucked up at the end of it. Must have he must have been really. It, regardless of that, he must have been really proud of your success. Oh, I, I mean, had him. to. Had to be. I, uh, before I got fired from service, I left for a short while, about a month or so, and I went, went to the press. I left. And my dad was in hospital, and I said to him, I said to him, I said, Dad, I said, I got something to tell you. I left Black Sabbath. He went, they're finished. <laughs> <laughs> so he always backed you. He was a good dad. It know? sounds like it. Good, simple man. Yeah. He just, I mean, I only wish that I, I wished it was, you know, you know, 
sometimes I'll go to, um, and like, okay, I wish he was here for me to have a chat like I'm talking to you now. Yes. I'd love to have a chat with him now. Yes. And somebody once said to me, he said, I, I never get on with my father, but he's on his deathbed. I, I don't know whether I should go and see him or not. I said, let me tell you something. Whether you got something nice or bad to say to him, yeah. do it now. Go because when it. up the road, he ain't here. You're going to kick, kick your butt forever. Yeah. Just say what you got to say. Yeah. How's your relationship with Jack now? Oh, it's great. It's so great. Good. He's got three g girls. He got married. He got Beautiful. fucking divorced. And I mean, I love him. I absolutely, I love my kids with Sharon. I go, oh, God, they all take off me. They're all fucking, <laughs> I'm sponging off now. But they go, Dad, I go, what, what is he? You wait till your boy gets older. Yeah. Boys are cool. Yeah. <laughs> Girls will send you to a fucking lunatic asylum. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> My, Jack goes, what the fuck? Come on, let's go fuck. <laughs> go on the shooting range or something. But Jack, he's a great father. He's yeah. a great, he's really hands-on dad, you know? yeah. Which I wasn't so much. Yeah. The fucking hands-on me was to get me back to bed. <laughs> It's been great seeing you, Rick. Same, man. A pleasure always, and I hope to see you again soon. We'll, Absolutely. Give us we'll a hang bell. out and listen to music. Thanks to Sharon and Ozzy Osbourne for stopping by Shangri-La to catch up with Rick. Ozzy's new album, Ordinary Man, is out now. And also be sure to check out Ozzy.com to keep up with the Osbournes. You can hear some of Ozzy's music by visiting BrokenRecordPodcast.com, where we have a playlist available for you to listen to. Broken Record is produced with help from Jason Gambrell, Mia Lobel, and Leah Rose for Pushkin Industries. Our theme music's by Kenny Beats. I'm Justin Richmond. Thanks for listening. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Musora is your access to online music lessons for guitar, piano, drums, and singing. This is your chance to reignite some old musical passions or pick up an instrument for the first time. Connect with more than 100 of the world's best teachers and musicians. You'll get seven days totally free to try it out. And then it's just $30 a month, less than a single private lesson. I mean, why do we do Broken Record? Not just because we love hearing from great musicians. We do it because we think that there is something beautiful about the appreciation of music. Don't you think we need more of that in our lives these days? That's the mission of Musora, to inspire, educate, and connect musicians. Enjoy unlimited personal support, weekly live streams, student lesson plans. It's like having a personal music teacher, only much, much better. Just go to musora.com, M-U-S-O-R-A.com, to start a new musical journey today. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side-by-side, side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? 
a room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. 